Uh, joining us now in our studio a little bit earlier than the normally scheduled time, it's Superintendent uh, Dr. Matt Hillman. Matt, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Uh, bright and early here today. Gorgeous morning on Division Street, despite the Twins going two for 26 or something like that last night. <laughs> yeah, tough night last night for the uh, for the uh, local team. But uh, hey, we've got uh, an easy Houston squad down in Houston the next three games, so all's going to be good in Twins Sweep territory. Sweep the Astros, for sure. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, first of all, let's talk about why you're in here early. You've got yeah. some new teachers that are starting up. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we have uh, 17 new teachers who are starting today. We had some of our new special education teachers who started yesterday, um, but new teaching staff have an opportunity to come in a few days before the rest of the staff. Uh, We have some additional meetings. We give them some additional time in their classroom, be able to get familiar with how Northfield does things in the area that they're going to teach. You know, we know there's a teacher shortage across the country. We know these 17 individuals have had ma- have many choices. They could basically pick where they want to work. So we're very grateful that they've chosen Northfield Public Schools. Our reputation is such that people do want to be here. Uh, while we did have some difficulty filling some positions, we were in far better shape for our teaching positions uh, than other places have been experiencing this summer. So we're really grateful for our community who has continued to support us, our existing staff and families you know, who give Northfield Public Schools the reputation where people want to come here to teach. And so we're excited to start with those 17 new teachers uh, in about an hour. Those new teachers, are they spread out across the uh, school district uh, as far as ages goes? Are, are there any certain type of ages uh, that you're looking for that you've had problems with, uh, problems filling the staff? You know, so the new staff are all over the board. Uh, we have some new cla- elementary classroom teachers. Uh, we have some new special education teachers. We have some new teachers, uh, you know, at the secondary level uh, as well. I think that it's still, even though the pools of candidates are less than they were before, I think we're still getting uh, a really large pool of candidates for elementary teaching positions. But when we start to talk about secondary positions and special education positions, that's where we see less people uh, with licensure going into those areas. So we did take full advantage of the tiered licensing system that the uh, Professional Educator Licensing Standards Board, uh, PELSBY, is the group that governs teacher licensure in Minnesota. So we were able to utilize uh, their tiered licensing system to bring some really quality people and who may not have uh, fit the traditional uh, teacher preparation model. So really hats off to our building principals, to our HR department for uh, working to secure quality people uh, who are going to lead our children this year and in their uh, year of learning and growth. Last night, the school board did meet, and we have talked about the uh, school levy that will be on the ballot on November, there, that you were believing it was going to be on the ballot on November. Uh, that is uh, now going to be a reality. It will be uh, on the ballot in November. Tell us about this particular levy, and I guess we have to make sure that we don't confuse it with a new high school or right. some of the other conversations that we've had. Right. So we want to be very clear that uh, the what is on the ballot in November is a two-question. Uh, it's a two-part two ballot question, and it's about our capital projects levy. So the capital projects levy is a funding that we get from the community uh, that provides some additional resources for us to be able to do things like uh, maintain and improve our buildings and our grounds. So for things like repairing sidewalks, being able to do some small renovations like we did in the high school office uh, this summer, Uh, small renovations like we did at Bridgewater Elementary where we took two smaller 
office spaces and created a, a near full-size classroom. It also does uh, not very exciting things, but things that are important like tuck pointing where you're filling the mortar in between the bricks to make sure that water doesn't get into the building. So one part of the funding allows us to uh, improve and maintain our buildings and grounds. It also allows us to purchase um, materials and equipment to support our staff and students. So this ranges you know, from things like textbooks to uh, a snowplow if you needed it, uh, to uh, technology equipment, to science equipment, all the kinds of things that we need to uh, supplies, materials, and uh, equipment that we need to be able to have our staff and students, you know, have a great experience at school and to be able to take care of our facilities as well. And then the third part, which is really important uh, this time around, is there's a very specific group of employees who we can pay their salary and benefits from the capital projects levy. And in this case, it's five uh, technicians in our technology services department. We have a, a total of six technology services staff members who serve over 4,000 students and staff and probably around 4,500 uh, or more devices, computers, iPads, things like that within the district. That group of employees, their salary and benefits can be paid from the capital projects levy. Uh, listeners to this program know that, uh, like many schools across Minnesota and the country, we're dealing with declining enrollment, which precipitated uh, some budget prioritization that we did last school year. This strategy would move about $500,000 of salary and benefits out of our general fund into this capital projects levy. Now, I can't say it's going to prevent future budget reductions, but it certainly would minimize those future budget reductions from our general fund. So that's the scope of uh, the capital projects levy, Jeff. And then what we're asking for is renewal ex at the existing tax rate. So this is uh, one that is uh, based on a tax rate, which is uh, based on the net tax capacity across the entire system. And uh, then we're asking a second question to renew that. So all in all, uh, if we just get down to what would it, what would it uh, generate, Passing both questions would increase our capital projects levy annually from about $750,000 to $1.65 million per year. And if I'm an owner of a $350,000 house, that would increase my taxes by $81 uh, a year, around $12.33 per month. So it's a, a compared to all of the other kinds of levies that the school asked for, this one is a, a fairly economical uh, ask. So we are just simply asking the voters to uh, consider uh, both both questions, renewing at the existing tax rate. And because it's a tax rate, of course, even renewing it makes your taxes go up a little bit and then adding the additional authority. I'm not going to get into the percentages here today because that's mm -hmm. that's getting into the weeds. The bottom line is that, you know, we are going to use the dollars to make sure that we take care of our buildings and grounds purchase necessary supplies and equipment for our staff and students and pay for our existing technology services staff out of this fund so we can relieve the general fund of that budget pressure, minimizing uh, the amount of budget reductions we'd have to do in the future. If you have a $350,000 house in Northfield, it would increase your taxes by $81 a year. Once again, Superintendent Hillman is with us a little bit early uh, today. We're going to move on. We have quite a few topics to talk about today, so we're going to move on. Uh, school improvement plans. We're just, uh, is it two weeks from today that school starts, or is that three weeks from it today? It is two weeks from today. Two weeks from today, school starts. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Now, the uh, schools are tasked with having an improvement plan every year. Uh, which, uh, what did you hear last night? So last night, uh, we had the elementary schools improvement plan and the middle school improvement plan. And so the elementary schools, Greenvale Park Elementary, Bridgewater Elementary, Spring Creek Elementary, 
those three schools come together now and do a singular across the district continuous improvement plan. Now, while all of those buildings, of course, are unique and have their own personality, if you will, they also have some common goals. So uh, Principal Nancy Antoine, uh, Principal Sam Richardson, uh, Principal Scott Samus came and presented the work and really focusing on a number of different areas specific to academic improvement in mathematics and reading. In mathematics, they're really looking at fact fluency. That means that you know your uh, addition, subtraction, your multiplication, your division, that you're able to process that in your head. Some of those basic fluency, uh, think of them as times tables, right, from when we went to school. The concept is that if we are able to get students who are able to do that calculation and those facts in their head, that that's going to help them be able to tackle more complicated mathematical concepts. Uh, Reading, we are, as we've talked about many times before, Jeff, we're leaning into the science of reading uh, and continuing to improve the percentage of students who are reading at grade level by the uh, end of third grade. And then, of course, we're working on our social-emotional learning. Kids need to know that they belong, that they are loved, uh, that they are. we want them there at school. Kids don't care what you know until they know that you care. So that's a big part of elementary school. And then, of course, continuing with the work that we have in our anti-racism goals to make sure that every student feels that they belong and sees themselves as part of our community. And so that was the elementary school improvement plan. Middle school improvement plan, somewhat similar. They have really been focused on making sure that middle school kids do feel connected to the school. We talk a lot about what I call domino goals. That means a goal that if we are able to achieve it, that it domi- with a domino effect, a number of other things come along with it. And at that middle school age, when kids are undergoing the greatest rewiring of their brain since they were a toddler... That is so important that they feel connected. And if they feel connected and they feel that teachers care about them, they are more likely to be able to engage in in content. Um, The middle school is also putting together, um, implementing a program this year called AVID, and it's called Achievement Via Individual Determination. And this helps create some consistent practices across the whole school. So more teachers use a similar note-taking approach, if you more teachers use similar language when they're talking about academic concepts. And it's a way to make sure that students have some consistency at this age in their day. And what the studies from other schools have shown, this really dramatically improves academic achievement, especially for students who may have been very close to that line of whether they were proficient or not. So two great school improvement plans last night. Uh, Principal Greg Jelano did an excellent job of sharing uh, their goals. And of course, people can watch their presentations you know, via recording of our board meeting, which we post to our school website uh, every Tuesday after a board meeting. All right. Uh, Superintendent Hillman with us. Let's move on. Uh, with the start of the school, I'm looking at the schedule. Uh, today, the uh, uh, fall sports season actually begins. We have a tennis match uh, today. The uh, girls' varsity tennis match plays the uh, f- their season opener, so things are underway. There have been uh, certain unfortunate incidents uh, in really in our area, uh, our greater area, southern Minnesota, in recent uh, recent years about uh, behavior of not just the students, but uh, the people who attend the games, the spectators and such. Uh, and that, I know, has been a topic of discussion with you before, and it, and it probably still a topic of discussion last night. What did you come up with? So Yeah, so I, I think... Um, we know across the country that we have seen, you know, and I think part of it is the disruption uh, in some of the opportunities that people had to attend events uh, during the pandemic. We also see some, you know, raucous kind of behavior at the college and at the professional level. And so those kinds of things can trickle into 
uh, high school athletics. And, and specifically what we're talking about are spectators who are attending the games. And so we want Northfield uh, to be known as a place where spectators cheer passionately for our teams while maintaining a sense of decorum, Jeff, right? We're a proud community. We want to make sure that people and other communities feel welcome while they're here. And we want to set the standard for what does it like to be, is it like to be passionate fans while doing so in a positive way? New Northfield High School Activities Director uh, Bubba Sullivan has done a great job of looking out. What can we do here? It's a national problem, right? He says he can't open his email any day without emails from various organizations that he works with that are talking about spectator behavior. So Bubba, uh, of course, is a man of action. So he went to what can we do here, right here in Northfield to be able to make this better here. And he's implemented what's called a bleacher captain program. And so bleacher captains are student leaders uh, who pledged to lead a student section that only cheers positively for our Northfield Raider teams. So they're going to seek to avoid cheers that single out individual players or are negative uh, or disrespectful about the opposing team. And they're going to try not, they're not going to focus on referees. And so we know that this abhorrent behavior that we've seen across the country has had some dramatic impact on kids. First of all, there are fewer adults who are willing to coach. And we know that a lot of it is due to this kind of behavior. We also have a mass exodus, and I'm not saying that to be dramatic. We have a mass exodus of people who want to referee. It is so impactful that schools are having to extend the number of days that they might schedule contests. And we've seen contests have to be rescheduled because there aren't enough referees to go around for various sports. So to the adults listening, I'm asking that you be good role models for our students. We want to have a uh, a very uh, passionate and exciting uh, place where people can come to a game and cheer positively for the Raiders. But we want to show everyone that we are going to set the standard for being positive, being loud, uh, and avoiding those kinds of negative cheers that we have seen that, of course, once things get going, that's where you start to see the real negative behavior, that one-upsmanship. And just people really not having the right uh, perspective about what high school athletics are about. High school athletics are about an opportunity to learn, to grow, to have some safe pressure. But we also have to know that kids are watching us. And so when kids uh, engage in that kind of behavior, the adults need to look at themselves in the mirror because we're the ones who have taught them that. So I am uh, requesting that we want you all to come to our games. We're excited about that. But we want to model the kind of spectator behavior uh, that we have come to expect over the years at Northfield and make sure that we're that shining light for positive excitement uh, in the Raider Gymnasium and on our courts and fields and uh, at the swim meets and all those kinds of things. I have a uh, friend of mine that is uh, an official, very involved in the officials' uh, unions. And uh, uh, yes, mass exodus is right. And uh, I've talked to him about that. And it's, it's because of, well, he blames a certain <laughs> certain type of people, but uh, family members in particular. But uh, yeah, it is, man. The, uh, the officials don't get paid all that much. They're out there because they love the game and they, they uh, love to, you know, see the, uh, the kids... Uh, uh, participate in a lot of different team sports and such. So please, yeah, give them a break. Leave them alone. They're out there just trying to do the the best that they can. And uh, yeah, it uh, it is, I would imagine, starting to uh, show as far as scheduling goes. There just aren't that many officials to go around. We know that uh, high school activities are an important part of student development. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have people who are willing to coach, we don't have people who are willing to referee, what kind of experience are they going to have? And 
We have to remember that even though these are teenagers and sometimes they look like adults, they're still kids, and they are learning from us as the adults. So, uh, Raider fans, let's be positive. All right. Uh, we got a few more minutes. Let's uh, move along. Uh, you have, uh, I wrote down here survey to ask you about a survey, and yeah. I can't recall what that exactly was, but uh, please tell us. Well, Jeff, as you know, again, I want to make sure that we're, we're drawing a bright line between what we talked about, the capital projects levy that's going to be on the ballot in November and what this voter survey that we're going to move forward with is going to do. So, you know, we've been talking about Northfield High School for quite some time. Uh, We've really been wrestling with what are the next steps to make sure we invest and take care of that facility that we have. So it's there's several pathways forward, as we've discussed. So we feel that it's important before bringing anything to the voters that we get a better sense of what the community would support. And so we're uh, contracted with a company called Morris Leatherman uh, to conduct a, a voter survey. Now, it's a randomized, stratified sample survey. So Morris Leatherman, we're working with them right now on the process. But in a few weeks, they're going to make contact with around 400 uh, school district voters. They're going to have a set of questions ranging between 35 and 40 questions that they would ask people to get their feedback about potential solutions that we have for taking care of the high school, including what people might be willing to pay for that. And that's going to give information to the board that they are going to be able to then uh, make what we think is the best pathway forward for the high school facility. Uh, One of our strategic commitments is stewardship, taking care of our facilities is that our other uh, facilities are in very good shape. We've taken great care of them. We've got some new facilities. We've taken very good care of the high school. But it was, you know, 19, late 1960s when it uh, was constructed. Additions since then, there are parts of the building that certainly need a refresh. They need some mechanical work, things like that. And then thinking about what is the kind of learning space that we want for our kids in the 21st century. So uh, we're going to be doing this voter survey to give us some more information. We respect the voters tremendously. The voters are always right. We want to be able to bring a question to them uh, that we think that they would support. Uh, what's the right pathway forward? And, and this is a professional way for us to be able to get that information. So don't be surprised if you yeah. get a call in about a month, right, about Northfield School District uh, Facility Survey. All right. And that was my next question. When is it coming out? Fairly soon. Uh, anything else that you would like to pass along while we have you in here, uh, Superintendent Hillman? You know, there are so many things. That the, the last thing I think, none of us want to be thinking on this beautiful day about winter. Uh, but this is the time of year that, you know, we start to think about those things because we're always planning a few months out. So once again, this year uh, for probably the fifth year in a row, fourth, fifth year in a row, Northfield School District will use uh, something called an e-learning plan uh, to support students on days when we cannot come into school because of weather. Uh, we don't use e-learning on the first day that's canceled by weather. That's a true snow day, a Minnesota rite of passage. But on the subsequent, second and subsequent days, Jeff, we'll go back to using our e-learning plan, uh, which means that students have assignments that uh, they complete at home. Their teachers are available. They're able to make connections with them. Uh, our e-learning plan will undergo a little bit of a tweak uh, this fall, uh, and then we'll share it with parents usually late September uh, in advance of the winter. But we just want people to know that, yes, on the second and subsequent days when we aren't able to transport students to school because of whether they'll learn at home through an e-learn- the e-learning plan that we have, uh, this is intended to be a bridge through a winter event. Uh, that disrupts transportation. It is not distance learning like we had to do during the pandemic. It is really more of a bridge, and so it looks a little bit different, um, but we're pleased to be able to keep the schedule and continue learning forward, uh, even when Minnesota weather tries to disrupt that. 
The uh, Fall- Farmer's Almanac, there was a story that just moved across the wire this morning. That 70 the- and sunny the whole winter? <laughs> no, they're saying the north central region will be a, quote, hibernation zone with frigid temps this winter. Well, frigid temps, you know, <laughs> all the skiers out there, I know, I don't know that they want snow, and the snow can come all at once on the weekends, but we just prefer it to stay away during transportation times. Yeah, well, I'm happy to say the Farmer's Almanac does not have the greatest reputation okay. as far as predicting the weather. Well, if for you a, say it on KYMN, I know it's true, Jeff, so. <laughs> I was using air quotes. Okay, there. very air good point. Quotes. So, uh, Superintendent Hillman, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, much appreciated, and we'll uh, invite you back uh, well, next time you're here, next week, too weeks whatever my pleasure have a great day everyone thanks superintendent of schools dr matt hillman you're listening to 95.1 fm and am 1080 kymn northfield